0: All right, friends. Hello, it's Julie. There is so much going on right now in the world. Uh, George Floyd uh, was killed by a police officer a few days ago. Today is June 3rd here in China. And while nobody at all said that the killing was justified, um, that the officer was right, nobody has said that. Nobody. the liberal left media and uh, terrorist organizations have used this as an excuse to create anarchy and chaos now what as everybody would know that's been paying attention at all this the chain of events were pretty um you know understandable you could foresee this coming maybe not to the extent that we're seeing it but you could see it coming. We knew, first of all, um, it was a white officer and a, and a black man that was unarmed. Uh, excessive force was used. This this officer straight up killed this man. There's no um, excuse for it. There's no justifying it. There, nothing. This, this officer refused and failed to serve and protect the community for whatever reason he did that. Um, so... When this hit the news, people get, began protesting. Before protesting even started, all four officers were, arre- were fired from the Department of Minneapolis Police. Um, the other three officers were not directly involved in the killing, as to say they did not lay hands on the man t- and physically lead to his death like the one officer did. But what these three other officers did was stand by while... This officer knelt on the neck of this man for six to eight minutes, depending who's reporting the information, um, and basically painfully suffocated him. And these three other officers uh, stood idly by and did nothing. So all four officers lost their job. Once protesting began, uh, about two days after the incident, the main officer was arrested and put in jail. Um usually we all know if an officer doesn't involve, officer involved shooting or anything usually they're put on paid leave. Minneapolis did not even do that. From the get-go the response to this was exactly as it should be. Everybody was outraged, nobody was condoning it or approving of it. Nobody was defending the officer. Everybody was pissed off. Everyone was outraged. Legitimately true. Um all four officers were immediately disciplined. It wasn't even a debate they weren't put on paid leave um according to media like within within 24 hours all four were terminated it was just done you're out you're done um the protest began then he was arrested i'm sure he would have been arrested whether protesting began or not a lot of people believe the other three should be arrested i personally do not at this point believe they should be arrested they have already lost their jobs uh social media will destroy these people because that's what it does Um, they need to be investigated and if any charges need to be brought up, even negligent homicide, involuntary manslaughter, whatever, if they feel they need to bring those up, then they need to be brought up. At this point, they do not need to be in jail for inaction. I feel that if we open that can of worms, we're all basically screwed because basically that means any time we're standing around, now you're going to argue and say, but they're officers and they should have interceded. Of course they should have. That's not the argument here. I just think we we, we get on a slippery slope when we start to say, well, you didn't do nothing, so you should go to jail. Um, I believe the man uh, with uh, Aubrey, that the man that videotaped, I believe he's arrested now. So, I mean, it, it is logically possible that you just stand by, you can end up arrested. But how many people just stand by and videotape things going on? Whether they're too afraid to get involved or they don't care enough to get involved or they think this is cool and put this on social media. Uh, so once again, can of worms, you, you start arresting people for that. We're going to have our jails full. Um, but that I digress. The point is the man was arrested. His wife has filed for divorce and there's investigations. He's going to go to trial. They've already brought charges. I believe of first degree and second degree manslaughter against him. If I remember correctly, things are happening, but within about 72 hours, maybe as is wont to happen. When you have a large group of people together, the mob mentality takes over and rioting and looting began. Rioting and looting is, I don't care about the situation. It's detrimental to the community. It's detrimental to you. And it's stupid. All you're doing is creating damage and havoc in your own community. And then you're going to have to deal with the repercussions of that months after everything else has been settled and Laid to rest. Um, so, with all of this going on, not only is Minneapolis seeing riots and looting, everywhere is. Everywhere. It is spread across the United States like a virus. Speaking of which, coming on the heels of the virus. So not only are they rioting and looting and destroying their own community, burning down their own cities, Hurting their own neighbors, both physically, emotionally. They're traumatizing people. Um, they're destroying businesses. They're removing the livelihood of people in their community. Uh, they're taking paychecks out of, out of working families. They're uh, closing down businesses for months because they're literally burning buildings to the ground. But they don't care. And it's crazy because this is probably the first time that I have seen a push on both social media and liberal uh, news outlets that have actually um, approved of it. There's a push for people. There's a push approving this and encouraging it and giving advice how to do it and getting pissed off if people call it wrong, and then they slam your your face in the ground, saying that you're wrong. I have I have recorded so many videos. And so many responses and God has just been like, be silent. And, uh, and yeah, you're called out for that too. Um, basically everything has just gone insane and, uh, I don't know when it's going to calm down. Um, once you put a coin in a riot and looting situation that's actually spread across America, it's a lot harder to stop it because it's no longer about George Floyd. It's now about whatever people want to do, however they want to do it and they live their life and go on with it so struggling with all of this and seeing so much hatred online i can't believe it i'm i was annoyed months ago with the whole like the debates about who's essential who's not essential should churches be open should they not who's gonna wear a mask who's not gonna wear a mask already that was annoying to me and now i'm sitting here seeing white america white people black america black people the, the exact division that the media wants, because if we're united, as we should be, uh, we're not aware um a danger to the lies they spread. But if we're divided, we're not, because we're fighting each other constantly. It's what we do. Um, so here's the thing. Racism exists in America. No one is saying it doesn't. Or if they are, they're blind and they're ignorant. Um, but America is not racist. And, and this is a, this is probably my biggest problem with everything going on out there. People are, all right, so they're focusing on, uh, Black Lives Matter, of course, because that movement, which is actually a terrorist movement, not the slogan but Black Lives Matter, because they do. The actual movement is a terrorist organization. Do your research. Um, anyway, they're feeding this fire and Tifa is feeding, feeding this fire. And so basically you have, uh, uh, two different like racist organizations trying to just keep this anarchy and unrest stirred up. But what you're seeing on social media is, is ironic. Like you're seeing people say like, oh, you know, if you're, if you're have a black person in your family, if you have a black friend, if you have a, a black, uh, if you're half black, if you have a black child, if you have a black spouse, if you, all of this, and then they're like, this isn't about race. It's like, but you just named. Like, you have to have black in your blood for that you should be outraged by this. Which, by the way, you don't have to have black in your in your history or your blood to be outraged about the murder of a black man. You don't. Nobody that I have heard or listened to has at any point, like I said, defended the death, the murder of this man. Um... So George Floyd's family came out about it and actually said that they didn't want riots to go on, but no one cares about that. Who cares what George George Floyd's family wants? Their their whole point is that uh, these riots are for George Floyd and because they've reached the boiling point of uh, being racist, uh, having to deal with racists. And, And the thing is, like, if anybody would just take a look To end racism, you have to start with you. And um, that's the problem. Because nobody wants to admit there's racist uh, thoughts and ideologies in their lives. You've been raised with it. You just don't know it's there. Um, I woke up to the racism that existed in my culture that I was raised with uh, probably about 10 years ago. And once I realized what racism looks like in my culture, I was able to address it and deal with it. Racism is not always whites against the blacks or the blacks against the whites. It's not always that. Racism isn't always uh, so clear. And I've talked about this a little bit. But to give you just a quick idea, before I get into the whole point of this podcast, which I haven't even touched on yet. um, To make it a little bit clearer, you have to understand that uh, where I'm from, the racism that exists in my culture is uh Hispanics against whites, Mexicans against whites, whites against Hispanics, whites against Mexicans, Hispanics against Mexicans, Mexicans against Hispanics. And uh and then of course the Native Americans mixed in there. Um I I I I don't understand any of it. Uh but my my culture, my my hometown that I was raised not where I was born, but where I was raised most of my life Um, they, we are predominantly Hispanic, Mexican, and Native American with a little, with, and now, and then because of like influxes of a lot of things, uh, a lot of white for a generic classification, because none of us are actually genuinely white. We're, but whatever, we just want to use the blankets slogans. We'll do it. Um, anyway, so. Four predominant uh, races, just to be a blanket statement thing whites Hispanics, Mexicans, and Native Americans in the in the area where I was raised so the the things we kind of hear is uh, well they're Mexican they're on food stamps they're Hispanic, they're on food stamps uh guys I'm on the even though I'm Hispanic, I look more white um, so i I don't hear the the racism against. Uh, us, because, uh, you know, I don't speak Spanish. <laughs> and they have to say it in, they'd probably say it in Spanish. I mean, we're called wetas and, and other brujas and, and other kind of things. Uh, but other than that, I, I, I don't pay attention, guys. I don't give a rat's ass. I mean, and pardon my, my French, for lack of a better expression, but gosh, guys, I, you know, I never really cared about a lot of things until people start pointing crap out to me. And then I become aware of it and I'm sensitive to it. Now, I'm not saying that that's what's happening because it is, there is racism that goes on. I'm not denying that. And there are times when people are straight up denied things because of the color of their skin. That is 100% true. I don't deny that or pretend that doesn't exist. So the point is it has to start with you. Are you racist? You're probably going to say no. However, what you need to do is look at your culture. If your culture has raised you saturated in a racism that you don't see because it's not black and white. And, and so you don't think you're racist, but you really are. So what you need to do is, first of all, really genuinely and truly assess yourself and find out if you're racist. If you are, change it. Find out what mentalities you've approved. If you've ever said you're in America speak English, that's racism. It is. You don't think it is, but it is. So, you know, be aware and, uh, you know, if you've ever thought, you know, that, oh, no, it's a black man, um, I should cross the street because who knows what he's going to do to me. That's racism. If you think, oh, they're, they're Mexican and they have seven kids, they must be on welfare. That's racism. I mean, I mean, it's everywhere. It's insidious. And we don't, we're not aware of it because we're raised in it. And that's kind of the point. So it starts with you. Figure out if you're racist. If you are, stop being racist. I mean, that's where you start. And then the next step you do is, is look at changing legislation. Look at being a voice in your community. Don't burn down your freaking community. Be a voice to build it up. Find a way to find areas where racism exists and, and find ways to end it. You're not going to change the way people think. They need to do what you just did. They need to assess if they're racist, be honest with themselves, deal with it if they are, and then take steps to make changes in the community that will keep other people safe. But if you're going to wait until something explodes to be the change you want to see. And how many of these people are going to do anything other than uh, protest and then go home? And I'm okay with protesting, guys. I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying. If you all you're going to do is protest, great. Get out there. Get your voices heard. But, I mean, really. You're not changing anything. Um, and then all these rioters and looters. How many of them are, are genuinely angry? Most of them are are just anarchists and people that want free crap. And so that's what they do. Um, but anyway, so there, that's, those are my thoughts on it. I, I felt like today God gave me words to speak on it. I don't know if I'll make a video or not. Uh, he's literally had me be silent and, um, I even actually had trouble posting a video and I finally made it post and I just felt like, nah, you got to take it down. Um, not because anything I said was racist or wrong, in my opinion, um, but because it's such a hot pot of, you can't say anything right. You can't, no matter what you do, no matter what you do, you're going to piss somebody off. Just, it doesn't matter. You you can't be right. No matter what. Um, all right. So the point of this podcast is not that, but I just needed to, to give a reference point and talk about that briefly. I've, I, my last two podcasts were all about this. The, I think the first one was about uh, the George Floyd killing and how wrong it was. The second one was about the riots. I'm pretty positive if I remember correctly. Um, and now here's that one that's just kind of a culmination and a, a much calmer expression of what's happening. Um, that's, I think that's one of the biggest things is keeping your emotion out of it. I will say the one, one and I, I shouldn't say funny thing about this, but the liberal media has been encouraging this. CNN is one of them they're they're saying oh we're fed up this is just what happens when you've done this and blah 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 but get this there's a video out there and and one of the one of the men I watch uh he was he's sitting there eating his breakfast while while watching this video and he's just like the same thing I was I was laughing because the rooter the rooters that's what we should just call them the looters and rioters uh attacked CNN and just demolished that building and I know I shouldn't find that humorous, but there you are backing it. And that's what I said in my podcast. Like you're okay with it till it's in your own house and then it's a big issue. You're okay with it until it affects you directly and then it's an issue. But up until that point, you're all, "Yeah, yeah, we're pissed off. This is what they deserve." But anyway, moving on. Um I just I was like, "Yeah, I totally agree with you on this one." Uh, it's you, when it comes back and hits you in the face, that's when you're like, "Oh, I probably shouldn't have encouraged violence." Go figure. So anyway, here's my issue. Um, life gets back to normal and everything, but I'm still working from home. As I said, it's now June. Uh, I worked in the center maybe two different weeks, maybe three. Maybe it was three. And that was back in April. Uh, we sh- we've we applied to reopen. We've applied to return to our center. Um, haven't heard anything yet. But they said even if the Chinese government says we can, which apparently they haven't yet, we still need our main corporation to say we can. And then there's a lot of training and things that have to happen before that happens. So, um, I've made the horrible decision, and I'm still doing that today, to uh, not uh, go outside and go anywhere. It's just too much of an effort. Like, I can wake up in the morning and think, I want to do this. And then I'm like, ah, I just, it's just too much of an effort. But there's more to it than that. So, I've said this randomly in passing, I I think I've said this on a few of my podcasts, but it becomes glaringly apparent in the world that we live in uh, that I'm irrelevant. It's kind of ironic, I'm still doing podcasts and videos. I felt this so heavily yesterday, uh, and I felt it really bad this morning as well, but that I almost deleted my Facebook account. I thought to myself, I'm so freaking irrelevant and unnecessary in this world. Like I have no value to people except my family guys. I'm not talking, I'm, this isn't about depression. This isn't about sitting here going, Oh, woe is me? Uh, I'll explain what this is about in a minute. Um, that way, if you're struggling with this, where you don't feel like, I don't feel like ending my life. I, I know my life has value to god i know i have purpose through jesus christ i know that there's there's things i'm doing that are are valuable in the kingdom and and that's what keeps me going that's what keeps me going um so so it isn't about like woe is me pity party feel bad for me um i know part of this is the fact that i'm horribly isolated in addition to this uh is the fact that i just don't have any friends and I've been aware of this, guys. I've been aware of this forever. Uh, I was talking to God about it this morning, and I said, "This has been my one prayer to you." Like my one steadfast, stable, unchanging prayer for as long as I can remember it's like, I just want I always said "friends, but legitimately, can I just have one? Can I just have one? And guys, like we I think we use the term "friend" a little too lightly. Because people are like, well, I'm your friend. But no, you're not. No, you're not. And, and, and that's the thing. I'm not saying, like, no one likes me. That I, no one, I'm not, like, I don't have acquaintances. I have, like, scads of those. People that'll check on me once in a while. Uh, uh, people that, that care about me. Like, they genuinely do. But I'm just, they're just not my friend. And, and it's hard to, like, nail it down in a term that makes sense. If you have anybody that wants to hang out with you, like more than once a month congratulations if you have someone that that's willing to stick it out with you when you have a freaking bad span of time and you're dealing with emotional issues and they're not going to just burn the freaking bridge because they're pissed off that you know you're not catering to their way of life right at that point good for you i've never had that guys never i i the closest i had was joyce and uh when my whole world fell apart, God had her in my life for that reason. And, uh, but I just, I don't have a friend and it, it's, it's painful. Cause I, I don't know if I ever did. I, I, like I said, I, I had like, uh, friends during a season, right? But, but there's like, the Bible tells us that there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. I've never had that ever. I've always had the the ones that they'll be there for the, for some of the storms, they'll be there for some of the problems, but for the long haul, they're out. And, uh, yeah. So here's the deal. Now, when I said I'm not depressed and, and I'm not, what it is, is I, I have lived under a spirit of rejection and, uh, I've been aware of this for years and I've been, I've been working on dealing with it and guys, I have a horrible headache today. Horrible. I need to take some aspirin. I don't know why I'm waiting. So what I did was I pulled up uh, a and, B and I looked up, it says 10 indicators a spirit of rejection is tormenting you. And I have not read this yet. I'm going to read it and we're going to and respond together. So it says a spirit of rejection victimizes its prey by causing them to feel worthless and unwanted. Did I just tell you I'm irrelevant? Because I am. <laughs> okay. It employs a spirit of self-pity as its right-hand man to drive people away and allow abandonment and isolation to move in. Now, self-pity is an interesting situation of it because i'm not necessarily focusing on with the exception of saying that i'm irrelevant because i am i am irrelevant guys like you if anybody's even listening to this podcast that just shows you like i maybe have three people that listen to it and they don't respond they don't message me i give my email address on almost every podcast uh no one emails me no one responds i'm irrelevant even if i piss you off i'm irrelevant it doesn't matter I I tell you that all the time, don't I? I say, dude, why do you even care what I think? Because you shouldn't. I make myself irrelevant in that format. But, um, so that in and of itself, I don't feel like I'm necessarily with self-pity because I just told you, like, I don't, I'm not saying this, that you can like pat me on the back and try to make me feel better. I'm just telling you the facts. I don't have any friends. I don't, I don't. Guys, I work for a company that's supposed to, like, have this camaraderie where you're, like, supposed to make lifelong friendships. I can't even get people to hang out with me. I, I just... I try. And it, it... Oh, no, I have plans with this other person. Oh, no, I have plans with... That. I gotta tell you guys, for Christmas, um, we had plans, me and, and three other people. So what ended up happening was they all made plans that morning, and no one thought to invite me to the plan. Even though, I mean, it's they were all going to the same place ultimately, but no one invited me. They all wanted to do it with each other and and, and their own friends outside of my friendship. And, uh, and then they just took their sweet time to meet up, even though we were going to meet up pretty early in the afternoon. And by the time that they were going to meet up, they didn't even message me that they were there. I, I mean, it was... The, the Christmas thing was like devastating to my soul. I don't, I don't think any, and then from there, just everything went downhill and I'm not getting into that because it's irrelevant, but I'm the afterthought in the lives of, of everybody except my immediate family. I'm the afterthought. I'm like, they're like the, Oh crap. Have you guys, uh, talked to Julie? Do you have you guys? And, and even then it's usually because something's happened, not because, uh, they actually thought of me just out of the blue. It's because I posted something kind of like this. And then they go, oh crap, is she okay? Well, I'm fine. Just so you all know. Uh, I'm just dealing with a spirit of rejection, which I've had my whole life. So continue. It says the spirit of rejection taunts with one failure after another and hopes he will say I give up. I'm not taunted by failures. My spirit of rejection is no one likes me. That's where my spirit of rejection. Don't give up. You, have, if you if have a, Do you have a spirit of rejection at work in your life? Everyone experiences rejection at some point. But here are 10 potential indicators of a demonic spirit at work. Ten fruits of the spirit of rejection at work in your life. Okay, so here we go. One, you find yourself comparing your circumstances or situations with others and you never seem to measure up. I think that's pretty much a standard thing. I think it's very rare that someone isn't comparing themselves with someone else. I could be wrong. I mean, I've I've done that a lot in my life. Maybe it's just because I have the spirit of rejection. Um, And I don't measure up. But not like in the way you'd think. Like, I don't measure up because no one likes me. (laughs) It's not a matter of... I mean, I like and I do compare myself because I tell God kind of like how in the Bible, there, uh, David is saying like, look, these these evil people are becoming richer and richer and getting away with stuff. And what about me? Uh, you know, David Solomon, Out and at it. What about the godly? They're they're not. I sit there and I say stuff like that. I'm like, God, somebody could be a total jerk, a total jerk. And they, they have friends. What what is what am I doing wrong? I I just like to know that. And guys, I got to tell you, I may not be the best friend in the whole world. I get it. Like I'm not perfect. I don't pretend like I am. If I've ever claimed that, I was in a demonic state of lying. <laughs> I'm not perfect. Uh what I will say though is I'm I'm like I will literally do something I don't want to do, and I don't mean like sinful, but I will literally, like, if I don't feel like doing something, but I feel like this person really needs me to, I will 90% of the time drop what I'm doing or overcome my own whatever to be there for that person, and then they're just gone until they need me again. It's not friendship, man. Uh, you, two, you feel like you missed out on life's opportunities and now it's too late. Yeah, I don't really feel that way. I mean, I, I think I've lived a pretty good life uh, with a, with a few exceptions of things, but I don't have control over certain things. So it's not like I've had the opportunity and I missed it. I just don't. I never had the opportunity. So it's fine. I don't feel like it's too late. I am 40, though, I, but I still don't feel like it's too late. Uh, and that's because i have God. I think if I didn't have, have Jesus Christ in my life, I'd the spirit of rejection would probably be eating my lunch more so than it already is. Um, no amount of encouragement uh, is enough to convince you of your worth. Guys, I don't get encouragement. I really don't. Like, even at my work, where I worked my butt off. Okay, let me put it this way. I started this job in December, and my thought was, like, I have to be, like, a golden employee of, like, the beauty of life in order to, because I wanted to just, I wanted to shine like the brightest star in the sky. So I was doing everything I could. I was volunteering. I was stepping up. I was striving to learn. I was, I was seeking improvement. I was doing everything I possibly could. And then July came. This is last year. My grandmother died July 4th. Uh, I had a, a crappy roommate. I've said all this in other podcasts. So I'm not going to go into it here. Um, while I was dealing with that. Um, despite the fact that my grandmother died. The day she was injured and was going to die. Uh, my friends and I had plans. And all three of them just went on their merry way. And were gone all day. None of them even offered to stay. Like At one point I thought they were going to offer to stay. And like be with me. But no, they were just trying to decide if they really wanted to, to go this certain direction. It had nothing to do with me. It didn't matter that I just got this horrible news about my grandmother. It didn't matter. The day my grandmother died, my friend spent the whole day out doing whatever the hell she wanted. And I think maybe sent me one text. Are you, how are you doing? Are you okay? Well, my grandmother died. So no, I'm not okay, but I'm not going to tell you that. Um, anyway. So I had to deal, I was dealing with all of that and, uh, Um alone, obviously. And then I got sick for two weeks straight and my work didn't give a rat's ass that I was dying. (laughs) That I couldn't keep food down, that I had no energy, that I was cold all the time, that I was sick. I still was expected to be there because heaven forbid. Um and they didn't care. So I went through all of this and I was just done. Like I was done. And and you know, they knew all this stuff at my work, they knew it. I was I was just in a really dark place. I'm allowed to be in a dark place, guys, when I'm experiencing things like that and dealing with it alone. And unable to feel like there's support or care or concern anywhere except for maybe in America where if I was there i would it would be a completely different story, so I had a meltdown and and wasn't my best my, wasn't my best after you know seven months of shining brightly i heaven forbid had a bad month <laughs> and then I came out of it oh there was also a learning partner i I couldn't stand the side of <laughs> so, so I feel it um I came out of it. Uh, I was upfront and honest the whole time. And then I went home and spent a week in America. And I was like, I I need to stay in China one more year. And here we are. Um, And uh, I get back and I have my assessment. And I'm going to tell you guys, literally sitting across from them, I thought they were going to fire me. Even though I had at least seven months. And then you add August uh, of bright, shining brilliance. It didn't freaking matter. It didn't matter. Because they had the nerve to sit across from me and say that they were disappointed with my work. (laughs) All the way until I came back from vacation. Before I left on vacation, I got a 9 in my first ever formal observation. A 9 out of 10. But they were disappointed in me. I, I gave them a very strongly worded letter about how wrong it was that they said that. But that devastated me, guys, because that is my life where it says that there is no amount of encouragement that can make you feel like you're enough or you convince you of your work worth. The only place I have worth, the only place I have value is in the kingdom of God. That is the only place. And I'm not talking about my family, guys. Anybody that's listening to this, that's my family. But I doubt it because they don't listen (laughs) to my podcast. Anybody in my family is listening to this. I'm not talking about you. Okay. I know my family loves me. This has nothing to do with my family. Because friends are are supposed to be outside your family. Right? You, you should have friends outside your family. I remember when my pastor once told me, you need someone that knows you. And when I tried to tell my best friend at the time that I needed to confess something that was very heavy on my soul. And, guys, I can't make this stuff up. Uh, I needed to confess something. And, uh... And I needed someone that knew me and uh, and was willing to, to stick by me despite everything else. I opened my mouth to confess this heavy thing that was on my soul. And the words out of her mouth were, that's what your husband's for. Friends, she was married. We were, in fact, on the way, because I used to spend the weekends at her house and stuff, because I thought we were best friends. <laughs> At that moment, I realized we weren't, um, I mean, we stayed friends. We stayed hanging out until I just got sick of, of being used and I just walked away, but, um, I literally sat there and I was like, are you freaking kidding me right now? I was like 23, 22. I've, I hadn't like gone on one date my entire life. No one had ever expressed interest in me romantically. The date was in high school, my freshman year, by the way. No one wanted to date me. No one wanted to marry me. I have to confess something and have someone stand by me. And my own friend told me to wait till I have a husband. Guys, I'm 40. I've still okay I was going to say I've still only been on one date but that's not true. But I don't really count the other three the other two things as dates that happened here in China. I don't really count them as dates. But okay, we'll just count them. So I've been on three dates my entire time. My entire life. I'm 40. I've never met a godly Christian man that was interested in me. I I just I never have. If I have to wait till I'm married to have someone I can confide in, I'm screwed. I'm royally screwed. So it doesn't matter. Guys, it doesn't matter. You get no amount of encouragement. If I get a dabble of encouragement each month, of course, I'm going to question my worth. The only place I have worth and value is in the kingdom of God. The only place that I know I matter and I am like doing things of value and I'm not irrelevant and I'm not unnecessary and I'm not vapid is the kingdom of God. It's just true. You've, okay, number four, you feel rejected if you are not greeted or acknowledged by leadership. <laughs> I really do feel rejected if I'm not greeted. That one's 100% true. Uh, I don't have to be greeted. You don't have to say hello to me. I'm not that, I'm, I could care less, actually. I don't really like to be greeted because I, I I, sometimes get like fixed on my whole, let me just get into my room and get ready. I don't like being interrupted a lot of times. But it would be nice to be acknowledged and not be told that my that they were unhappy with me from, from the get-go. You know what I mean? Um, but whatever, um, number five, you constantly seek the approval of others and suffer from people pleasing. I'm definitely not a people pleaser. I will say like those six, seven months, I was definitely trying to people please and look how that paid off. Um, but I do seek the approval of others because God had to call me out on that last year and say, you're never going to be approved of here. So stop, stop seeking it. I still desire it. I don't seek it as much. Uh, six, you're easily offended or embarrassed from discipline or correction. I'm not. I get frustrated sometimes, but I know if I'm being corrected, I'm deserve it. I need it. Uh, hold on a second. Sorry, I had to pause the recording. I know I said, hold on a second. And that really didn't mean anything to you, but hold on a second. Um, you are always trying to prove yourself in public. Eh, not really. I don't go out. I've, I've, especially now with this COVID and the quarantine and me being allowed to not go out, I've gotten really bad. Uh, Number eight, you feel like you are on the outside looking in during interactions with people. I don't really feel that. Nine, you think you could do a better job than the current leader or teacher if you're given the opportunity. Nah. I mean, at times, like when leadership is not leadership, it's management, then I get bothered and I think we need leaders, but I don't feel like I could do a better job because I know my shortcomings. And ten, you believe no one understands you or what you're going through. Honestly, guys, in, in light of that kind of a thing, I don't believe anyone understands what anyone's going through. Uh, I mean, because you can't, even if you and I lost our mothers on the exact same day, you can't understand what I'm going through because my relationship with my mom was different than your relationship with your mom. Uh, I hate when people go, I understand what you're going through. It's like, no, you don't. You have no freaking idea. You have no clue. You'd like to pretend like you do, but you, you don't. I'd rather say like, I can't understand what you're going through, but I'm here if you need me. Uh, so I believe no one understands me. Because I have to repeat myself a lot. <laughs> I know that I didn't mean that, but anyway. If you recognize these signs, don't throw in the towel. Conviction that leads to confession, repentance, and deliverance from the Spirit leads to freedom, not defeat. God is answering the cry of your heart by shedding light on the lies you believe and have sabotaged your destiny and your identity. So it says to pray for the revelation of God's love to show you who you are in Him. I have that. Guys, I just said, like, I, my only value and worth comes in that. Pray to see others through the eyes of Christ. I do that. That's why I don't hate like, you can annoy me, but I don't hate you. Like, I don't hate President Trump, even though I didn't vote for him. I don't pr- hate President Obama, even though I didn't vote for him. Like, I don't have any hatred. I Like, when I see all this stuff on Facebook where people just cannot go one day without bashing somebody, I'm just like, dude, what? Why are you wasting your time? See, with the eyes of Christ, it's not worth it. Uh, Pray that conviction will alert you of negative words coming out of your own mouth. Yeah. Word curses. Those are hard. Forgive those who have offended you. I do that. Release all judgment that's causing you to be judged sounds good right now you're in a battle but you are important to God that's basically the gist of it so right there uh I think I do all of this with one exception of my negative words because I do say that like I was saying I'm irrelevant and I say that I say that to God a lot but not to God I think that's the only thing that's really helping me through this is the fact that I know no matter what happens I am not irrelevant to God so If you could relate, not understand because, or, you know, understand what I'm going through because you can't. We're different people with different experiences. Um, But if you can relate, uh, then I hope it helped to know that you're not necessarily depressed. You're just with the spirit of rejection. And those four steps, I do believe, are helpful. Um, If you haven't done any of those, pray for the revelation of God's love to show you who you are in him. Pray to see others through the eyes of Christ. Pray that conviction would alert you to negative words coming out of your mouth. Forgive those that have offended you and release all judgment that is causing you to be judged. And by the way, guys, if you're offended by anything at all, that usually lies in you. I'm fully aware of that. I'm like, if this offended me, it is probably something in me. And the thing with social media, guys, if you can't just don't comment, man, don't don't cause problems. You don't have to agree with everything. If you don't agree, just keep scrolling. That's what I do. Dude, my peace of mind. And I delete comments. That's the other thing. I deleted my family member's comment. And she's like, you deleted my comments? I'm like, yeah, I delete everybody's comments. It's it's what I do. I'm not. If you're if you're going to write something contrary to what I posted, I'm not your soapbox, dude. I'm not. I'm not an opportunity for you to bash our president. I'm not an opportunity for you to bash religion. I'm not an opportunity for you to insult anybody. You have your own Facebook page for that. Uh, what I post is my opinion on my page and I delete your comments because I am not your soapbox and people can take from that what they will. Uh, I made that decision a few, a couple years ago and I unapologetically, unapologetically tell people I delete your comments. If you agree with me, I'll keep them. (laughs) I know that sounds like horribly censored, but it's my page. This isn't, this isn't like a newspaper. This isn't, uh, a place that is unbiased—it's my page. It's gonna be biased. It's gonna be—it's gonna have a bias toward what I believe, and that's just the way it's gonna be. And I know that you—that probably pisses people off, but then don't comment on my comment, my posts. You know, I'll keep, I keep—I keep the majority of comments vote really like legitimately, even if someone mildly disagrees with me. it's when they go off on like rants or they call people names, or. They, they put, I already know how you feel. I see your pages, your posts. I just skip them and don't comment. Cause I don't want to get into a debate with you. And it's your page. It's your opinion. Put what you want to put on there. I mean, I have guys, I got to tell you, I've wanted to comment so many times on different things and I've just not done it because I don't need the, the fighting. I don't need the chaos. Anyway, if you want to email me, podcast at com, and, uh, guys, just legitimately love yourselves because the Bible tells us we need to love others as we love ourselves. If we can't love ourselves, we can't love others. And I think that's like the biggest struggle for all of us. God bless.